I'd like to thank KTMS 990 and Montecito Bank and Trust for making Scam Squad possible. I'm Patty Teal. And I'm Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson. Scam Squad is up next. Sound off. One, two. Sound off. Three, four. One, two, three, four. Scam Squad. Welcome to Scam Squad. I'm here again with Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson, who always has great information and warnings for us. And she's going to introduce our guest, one of our very favorite guests. Absolutely. We're happy to welcome back Judy Crispin Yates, a criminologist. And as you know, Judy puts out a monthly newsletter full of the latest information that we need to have about frauds uh, targeting all of us. I used to say targeting seniors, which of course includes me, but it's really a lot uh, broader than that. She's just full of valuable information to share with us. One item in particular from the newsletter caught my eye because it's a problem we're having here in Santa Barbara, as well as all across the country. I've talked about it before, but Judy's going to provide us with some more specific information. And that is crooks stealing victims' identity and then filing unemployment claims. So welcome, Judy. And the first question I have for you is, How can somebody do this? How can somebody file for unemployment in someone else's name? Well, thank you, Vicki and Patty, for having me back on Scam Squad. I would like to remind all the listeners and the viewers that what I'm sharing is just general information from research and experience that I've had with victims. It's a point that I want people to go out and do their homework and learn more about this. And for any legal issues, then you need to consult a lawyer or a financial professional. And unfortunately, a lot of these financial scams come down to physical, mental, and emotional problems. And in that case, you need to consult a medical doctor. To answer your question, Vicki, to commit unemployment uh, claims fraud, first, the crook needs to get a hold of your social security number and your name. And the ways that they do that is they steal your mail, go dumpster diving, Medical records have the information as well as credit reports and tax records. They can actually buy this information on the dark web. It doesn't even cost that much. It's really sad. Also, there are data breaches for companies that have your personal information, and you can't do anything about that. If you have been involved in a data breach or your information has been involved, then that company is required in a very near future from discovering that to let you know that by mail that you have been a victim. But also um, the information's available oftentimes in your home, your financial statements are lying around, somebody steals your purse or wallet. Once the crook has that personal information, the social security number, all they have to do is fill out a form and file it, that's it. So they don't have a lot of work that is involved in filing for this. And it turns out that the US Department of Labor's Inspector General just reported this last February that at least $5.4 billion of unemployment claims are fraudulent. So the scammers have been very, very busy. That is overwhelming. How would I know if somebody applied for benefits in my name? Well, you might be getting a IRS Form 1099-G, a report on any benefits that you would not normally get. If that shows up and you don't know what they're talking about, that certainly is a problem. Uh, It's possible that a government agency might ask you about unemployment claims that you've submitted. And if you haven't, of course, that's a red flag. 
And heaven forbid, if you get something that says that this is coming from another state, that's definitely a red flag. Also, it's just very possible that uh, your employer, if you're currently working, will get a phone call and the person on the other end of the phone will go, you know, well, this, this person has applied for benefits. Well, the employer knows you're working. So another red flag. So you need to check on that. Okay, thank you. Now, does a person have to pay taxes if they get unemployment benefits? Do you pay taxes on the benefits? And, and what if you never actually receive the benefits? What happens then? Well, Vicki, the good news and the short answer is no, you don't have okay. to pay. The more complex issue is what do you do next? So it's recommended that you file reports with four different agencies. And if you're only going to do one, I want you to make sure that you do that with the IRS. Okay. So IRS.gov, and you can uh, look up the identity theft fraud scams uh, on unemployment benefits, and it'll bring you up to the appropriate page. The other one that's recommended is the Federal Trade Commission. And remember the FTC.gov, okay, you're going to hear that a lot from me. In 1998, there was the Identity Theft and Assumption Deterrence Act that was created, and the Federal Trade Commission became the go-to place that collects all the information on financial crimes for all different states. They have all kinds of information. It's a great, FTC.gov is a great site to go visit, and it has lots of information. And also, they have a responsibility of educating consumers. So that would be number two. Number three, it's recommended that you file with ic3.gov. That is the Internet Crime Complaint Center. The FBI operates that. And anything that any crime that happens using your uh, computer on Internet, then it's really best if you file with ic3.gov in addition to ftc.gov. The fourth one, which is new to me, is the United States Department of Justice's National Center for Disaster Fraud. And I had to look up and see what that really meant. And it means that this website allows you to submit complaints of fraud, waste and abuse, or mismanagement related to any man-made or natural disaster to include criminal activity related to COVID-19. But if you're only going to do one, make sure it's irs.gov. Okay, perfect. What should I do about the theft of my identity? Because obviously, if somebody is applying for unemployment benefits in my name, they have stolen my identity. I would recommend that you start with ftc.gov, Federal Trade Commission. They actually have a pamphlet on there that you can print out on exactly what to do with phone numbers and all. But what it says in there is that you need to check with all three of the credit bureaus that's TransUnion, Equifax, and Experian. I recommend that you get all of your credit reports. I'm hoping, mm -hmm. hopefully you're doing that regularly anyway, so that you can see if anything's happening on your credit reports. Additionally, I certainly recommend that you have alerts or especially freezes. And a freeze, if you freeze a credit report, uh, you would have to go to each of the three credit reporting agencies separately and it will affect nothing that is currently in place. It only impacts you getting future credit. And all they do is they give you a PIN number. It's really a second verification to open an account. I do that. So definitely check on that one. There is a credit monitoring. 
And there are places that charge five, 10, 15, 20, and more dollars a month to monitor your, your credit. However, most of those things that they do are free to you. You don't have to pay for that. You can get your credit reports for free. You can freeze your credit for free, get alerts. And there are other places like Auto Club. Some of the insurance companies, they provide free monitoring for you. Some of the financial institutions do as well. So check with that. But I do tell people, if you are going to do nothing, totally ignore everything that's going on and you have money, then get credit monitoring. You're going to have to provide them with a lot of information. You're going to do the work anyway. But that's your prerogative to spend your money doing that. And it's certainly better than doing nothing. If you're suspicious that somebody has stolen your identity because you get wind of the fact that they're collecting benefits in your name, should you also talk to your bank and see if you need to change your bank account or talk to your credit card companies and perhaps stop those accounts? Oh, for sure. If you are communicating with anybody online, internet, texting, messaging, on the telephone, and they've asked for information and you've just given it away, that's the first place you need to call when you get off the phone. Also, file a local police report. Your financial institutions are going to want that. Best thing to do is do not talk to people that just call at random that you don't know. Patty, did you have something to ask? I do have a question about freezing your credit and you mentioned the PIN. Are you saying that you should keep your credit frozen most of the time? And only when you're going to get a loan or you know that somebody's going to be checking it, you use your PIN to unfreeze it? That is highly recommended that you freeze it for all of the time. You keep it frozen. And that way, if anybody is trying to set up any account in your name, you're going to get a call because they need that PIN number. So boom, you know that somebody is out there after your information. It really isn't an inconvenience. The only inconvenience it would be is that you have one more number, a PIN number to remember, and each of the credit agencies, you have to do them one at a time, and they will each give you a separate PIN number. It's just possible that somebody can get that information and affect our credit because you use a social security number oftentimes to be able to add things and buy things. So freeze the kids. Parents have the opportunity to do that to the age of 17 so they can do all of their children's. Um, but you know, a lot of people don't think about that. But our information is out there. So yes, I definitely... Oh, I didn't realize that. So thank you for that wonderful tip. That's really good to know. And it doesn't affect your score, so to speak. In the long run, it's going to help because people can't be stealing. So I want to move on to something that's just kind of fun, but also pretty educational, I thought. In your financial newsletter, you talk about the glitter bomb trap. That is a great video that I have watched a couple of times. Could you just tell us what that is and how we can access it? It's really a fun video to watch. Well, on YouTube, there is a video called Glitter Bomb Trap Catches Phone Scammer. It's exactly 23 minutes and 14 seconds. That way, you know that you have the right one. The creator is Mark Rober, R-O-B-E-R. And as of yesterday, that video had more than 32 million views. <laughs> That's how popular it happens to be. I really like this video because it describes and shows you how scammers operate. It includes using money mules and talks about the scammer business hierarchies. Um, one scammer actually in the video uses an Airbnb as a money drop for a money mule to go and pick up the money. 
And the video shows drama of the victims. That I mean, it's really sad in some places. There's cooperation of the police in trying to catch these scammers. The scammers are shown trying to charm their way out of being suspects and even more. The glitter bomb is actually something that Mark developed. He created. He is an engineer. I call him a good guy engineer. I don't know him. I've only seen this video, but I like what he's put out there. But he has created a glitter bomb that he will put in a box and it gets sent to the scammer instead of the victim sending their money. He has to obviously have cooperation <laughs> with the victim. And so then what happens, even with money mules, money mules can be victims, but they can also be uh, perpetrators or scammers themselves. What the supervisors of the scam do is they have the money mules open the package because they're trying to create distance between any crime that's occurring. So what you see is a money mule opens this and this glitter bomb bursts. It is not harmful whatsoever. But it's so messy. There is glitter all over these people. And if you ever used any glitter whatsoever, it is really hard to get rid of. And you don't get rid of it right away. And so <laughs> you will see, uh, actually, um, the police will stop the money mule that they've been following. And she gets out and plays, oh, you know, I, just poor me. I, I don't know. And they go, what's all that all over you? Oh, I don't know. I watched it a couple times myself, and that is a long video for me to even bother to watch. But 23 minutes, 14 seconds, the glitter bomb trap catches phone scammer by Mark Robar. Yeah, I really recommend watching that. And I, I thank you for referencing that in your newsletter. And I think we're going to call that our good news for the day. It is good news. All that glitter all over. <laughs> because we were able to watch, if you watch it, you can watch it real time. Money mules getting caught, the ultimate crooks getting stymied in their attempts to have money delivered to them through their intermediaries. So that's some good news for us today, Judy. And thank you so much for being a part of the show again. Thank and we really much. look forward to your next newsletter. We do. You come up with some good things, Judy. We really enjoy it. Everybody stay vigilant. We shall. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Right.